I'm Phil Marlow from Lockheed Martin, Australia. And I'm Peter Davey from ASC, and you're listening to Above and Beyond. Hello all, it's Mike Myers here, welcoming you to another episode of Above and Beyond, brought to you by Reengineering Australia Foundation. REA's mantra is to engage, inspire and educate students, teachers and industry about the value of STEM education and careers in STEM. Today we're here with two companies who are involved in many projects, so I think if we can get Phil and Peter to sort of introduce their organisations and how they're involved, and particularly in South Australia, the kinds of things that your businesses are doing. So Peter, what's Lockheed Martin up to? Uh, so Lockheed Martin's one of the, the key players on the Future Submarine Program. Uh, we're uh, the integrator for the combat system, so that in- includes all of the computing, the sonar, the optronics, all the, all the sensors and, uh, and weapon systems and computing systems that go into the submarine. Lockheed Martin historically has been in a lot of aeroplane and aircraft as work as well. As Lockheed, well. Lockheed Martin's very diverse and, and that probably surprises a lot of people. It's very famous for its, its aviation heritage, but it spans, it's the largest defence company, I believe, in the world at the moment. Um, so it spans um, pretty much the breadth of that industry as well as into space and uh, a lot of other adjacent industries too. So in, within Lockheed Martin, what kind of a role? I gather you're a project manager? I'm a right? systems engineer. So okay. um, we're, in Australia, we're primarily a, uh, a systems integration company. So we have a lot of systems engineers, a lot of software engineers, those sorts of skill sets. ASC. ASC is uh, Australia's submarine company. We're the builders and sustainers of our Collins-class submarine, which will be at the uh, forefront of Australia's uh, naval defence for the next 20 20 years um, until the future submarine starts to come online. Um, We're also the builders of the Hobart-class air warfare destroyers um, that are entering service with, with the Navy. So our engineering activities cover the full spectrum from design of, of the vessels right through to maintenance of the submarines. So given that we've got the, sorry, the future submarine project and we're sort of getting to the end of the air warfare destroyer project, we've got patrol boats coming in through next, I think, is it? There's, there is a dem- huge demand for people with skills that are going to go into defence industries. What's your, your take on the kind of the, the numbers of people or um, the kinds of skills we're looking for in, in our students? So as we, as we move forward, as you say, um, with the start-up of, of both the Future Frigate and the um, Future Submarine programs uh, in, in, in Adelaide, near future, there's going to be a, a large expansion in, in the number of uh, engineering professionals that uh, are going to be required. As well as as well as the trade skills, ultimately to build those uh, vessels. But right now, um, our big focus is things are moving into the into the design phases, um, and so that's going to require a lot of STEM professionals, engineer engineering capability in most areas, ranging from naval architects through electrical electronic uh, engineers. As Phil will tell you, he will have a large demand for systems and and software software engineers, and so. Pretty well, all the all the engineering disciplines are going to be in high demand to meet what these programs require. 
and in addition you've also got the research and development that's going to go to supporting those new platforms that come through which will uh, be another source of uh, employment and opportunity for uh, STEM graduates in the not so distant future. Yeah I think it's, it's sometimes easy to lose sight of the fact that these big shipbuilding projects are more than just uh, welding steel together and, and, and that it really covers the full breadth of, uh, of the engineering disciplines. You've, you've got everyone from civil engineers building the infrastructure and there's a huge amount of in- infrastructure that's needed for these projects um, through to software engineers you know writing code and, and, and everything in between so it's it's going to be a, a major industry ecosystem in its own right it's not just a, a narrow skill set that's going to be required. So are we heading into the age of the engineer? Uh, is this the opportunity for us to become a Germany or equivalent with a lot of um, potential and energy I, within people and engineers? I think Australia's strength is in, in developing niches. I think, I think we can find some, some really good areas in which we can excel and we can become world leaders in those. Um, you know, if you look at, at some of the projects that, uh, that have been driven out of uh, research in Australia, like the... Uh, the Jawn over the horizon radar is one of the big Australian success stories. That uh, you know, any any engineer with with grey hair and uh, and a long beard in uh, in South Australia is a pretty good chance they worked on that at some time. When we when we do find those niches, we can we can really push the boundaries. So I think there'll be plenty of opportunities to do that and be, and become world leaders in uh, in aspects that grow out of this these these big shipbuilding projects. Peter, I know one of your points that you're keen to push is the issue of diversity. Oh, very much so. We are facing shortages of engineers coming up into the future. One way that we can overcome that is to make sure that... we maximise the number of people that are excited by the prospect of an engineering community and come into it. There's also a lot of uh, research out there that shows that the more diverse your, your teams are as you go through, the better results that you can achieve, the better outcomes you, you get. Now with Australia, depending on the statistics you listen to, with only you know between 14 and, and 18% of, of the entrance into our engineering schools being, being female, there's a lot of, lot of room there as well as all the other opportunities for, for diversity, people from differing backgrounds to, to come in and really make something of the, the one profession that, that can really construct some major products and, and make a big difference. So given that both of you have been doing judging and you've been to talk to the kids and I know that you'll be doing more of that over the next day or so, what's your impression of, of, of children and their interest in, in topics like submarines and ROVs and things? I think sometimes when we're reading through these portfolios that they've put forward, and uh, you know, you get to the end of end of it, and there's this picture of these these young children, and, and you've forgotten during the the course that these are not university students or even graduates who are putting some of these ideas forward. These are actually young kids, so it's really inspiring to see where they're going to take that once they get the grounding and you know the academic part of of engineering. If they can keep those that creativity and that ability to to bring forward ideas, I think that's really promising. Yeah, I would second that. Um, we've seen some really great uh, submissions come come through to us. Um, a lot of a lot of imagination put in, and um, the opportunity for people to explore both the hard side of engineering, but also that that creative and, and broader side, which um, often isn't recognised as being just as important as the maths and um, hard subjects that, that are spoken to. So it's been a very exciting time to be involved in this. You mentioned just then, Peter, soft skills. Do programs like this impact? Improve those life skills based on the evidence that I've seen. I, I would say most most definitely the students have 
presented their information confidently, they've worked through it. Uh, we've seen a lot of evidence in, in the area that Phil and I are judging of the way students have worked together to collaborate and, and organise themselves and try and get through the work that they have to do to, um, to compete in this and successfully uh, meet their delivery at, at the end. So I would definitely say that uh, this competition um, is improving their ability to do that. Yeah, and I, and I think it's really important to uh, you know to to develop some of those soft skills within the engineering industry I, I know even you know when I went through university and, and through my training it was very much a case of you're on your own it's a closed book exam you're competing against everyone else in the class and that's that's not the case when you go in, into industry and actually practice as an engineer it's a collaborative role you need to to form relationships um, both with the people you're, you're working with but also with you know your your customers your uh, partner organizations those sorts of things uh, so I think it's lost that 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 collaboration is actually really fundamental to to engineering just as much as some of the hard skills given that uh, what I hear you saying is that the importance of analytical problem solving and communication are quite critical to the process and I, I don't know that either of them are specifically in the curriculum at school. Are they the two most important things from industry? If, if Given that you can teach students about your business, if they came to you with great communication skills and great analytical ability, that's a very broad comment, is that the kind of thing that industry is after or do you want other things as well? Obviously you want the whole spectrum. Um, you, you want the grounding in, in some of the... Uh, you know, the fundamentals of the, the engineering discipline, um, but you do need to develop some of the other skills that, uh, that allow you to apply that in the real world and, and to, to bring teams along with you and, and to achieve these, um, you know, the, the requirements of these, these big projects. Yeah, I would say that anyone that, that graduates from, from an Australian university has a, has a solid set of, of technical skills that can come in there. Um, and as, as an employer seeing seeing people come in with those skills and a solid understanding of their theoretical underpinnings that enables them to extend from that is very important but then what we find through our graduate program is that a lot of the emphasis is on giving students the ability to apply those skills in a collaborative environment most engineering projects of note require a large number of, of people with Again, diverse, diverse outlooks and, and different disciplines. You probably use four or five types of, of engineers even in a, you know, in a large civil project by the time you range from, from your structural people through to the mechanical people doing the air conditioning, the electricals. All of those teams need to, need to work together and need to, to communicate to give you a, an optimised design at the high level. So having those collaborative skills as well as the solid technical background is absolutely vital. And it is it is really hard to teach those skills. So it's good to have a forum like this where, you know, where people can start to actually learn through experience and 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 develop that, uh, you know, that team attitude. Working with stu students, you've obviously seen some great improvements in what they're doing, and and students are having to collaborate with the industry to get here to where they are. Do you have a perspective on whether it should be? Um, industry going to students or students coming to industry to, to lift that level of engagement or, or buy-in from the students? Do you, do, you, do you see one working better than the other? I think industry needs to reach out, absolutely. I think um, industry expects to benefit from the, uh, the next generation of, of engineers that come forward and I think it's, it's important that we, um, we start seeding what we're going to need in 10 or 20 years' time through, uh, through projects such as this. Yeah. Again, I would, 
I would agree. Um, at ASC, we're very conscious of being involved in the STEM development activities. It's hard for for students to to seek out information in areas that they don't they don't necessarily know about, and so really industry has to take the take the foot forward and, and create that engagement so that when people get the excitement and get the passion, then they can take it themselves. But if they don't know what they're looking at, um, it's, it's very hard for them to uh, self-initialise. If you were to talk to schools or teachers to engage them, what's, what, what kinds of things would you do? How, how would Lockheed Martin or ASC um, like to communicate themselves to, to students? I can't talk for the you know the wider organizations or industry in general but um, certainly as far as I'm concerned showing that human side showing that competition side of engineering because that's that's what really generates the excitement is that you're a, you're a team working towards a towards a goal often you're in competition with other teams who are, who are walking to working towards the same goal or you're fighting off conflicting conflicting pressures so we need to present it as not just being a, a staid technical calling it's something that you can be passionate about engineering is something that you can become excited about and, and and it's a really rewarding career and I, and I don't think I think a lot of people see that side of engineering so I think we need to be a, a little bit more more forthcoming and you know some of these big projects about how exciting they really are to be a part of do you think that comes because industry has historically focused on trying to sell jobs and not the excitement I think engineering focuses on results and the bottom line, whereas maybe they should be focusing on people first and that's going to drive the, the results in the long run. Yeah, again, I think we're in violent agreement. Having been involved in it, we all have a perspective and we know what the excitement is, however we wound up getting into uh, engineering. And it is very important that we communicate some of the cool toys we get to play with um, on, on a day-to-day basis, but also some of the other things that engineering um, does for people. If you're, if you're selling medicine, it's very easily easy to communicate making sick people better or, or something like that. Um, it's a lot harder to communicate that a lot less people get sick because we've got great sewage infrastructure. So it's about bringing the human impact of engineering to to the fore to to show people what it can achieve, make it exciting from that direction. Given that you're both in defence industries and, you know, once upon a time, my perception about defence, do you think in children that blockage is now gone? Are they worried about working in defence industry or has has that been what? Yeah, I, th- I think you know that's that's a personal decision that, that people need to come to. But the reality is, we we live in relatively very peaceful times, and a, a strong defence force is part of having a strong, safe nation and, and maintaining that peace. So I don't think there's any any great moral quandary in, involved in being involved in that in that industry. We see in the research that we do is that kids don't have a blockage about defence industries. They understand where they fit in society these days. Uh, um, 71% would recommend a career in defence industries to their friends, which is a dramatic improvement. And um, Do you see blockages or do you see kids excited? Uh, may, parents may be worried about I think, as Peter said before, we have we have some pretty cool toys to play with, so you, you certainly do see the excitement, and, and, and I think that's where the focus is. It's on the technology. It's, it's not on, on wider questions than that. Yeah, I think that um, it, it is all about what we can... What we can do, and uh, I think attitudes have have changed uh, quite quite a lot. Um, we as a nation have changed quite a lot uh, in in that time frame, um, and certainly uh, the the big disappointment for me, I guess, when I run an advert for a graduate program, is 
the number of people that I can't hire because there are some fast, fantastic people out there. So I don't think that we've we've got a, a problem. Uh, thank you for taking the time. We're keen to hear about industry, and I'm call the students out there are keen to hear about the kinds of things that you do and and the, and the hero projects, as I call them, uh, that are out there for them to get involved with. I'm sure there's thousands of them. So again, uh, thank you for being on Above and Beyond. Thank you, Michael.